Stop wasting positive time. They're not just going to happen randomly because I've, I've lived 50 years and it would have happened by now, I'm sure. You know. Welcome to the Connect More podcast in which we discuss the seemingly random, seeking out tips and strategies for living a healthier, happier life. Join me, Dave Algio, and co-host Dave Minchella as we find the hidden connections in, well, just about anything. On with the show. Welcome to episode three of the Connect More podcast. I'm Dave Algio, and with me is my fellow host... Hello, it's Dave Minchella here. Thanks very much, Dave, for the uh, intro. No worries. I didn't warn you. I was going to show you in there. For that. We're getting dead professional on this uh, podcast. Oh, yes. like, yeah, I mean, it's, only, it's episode three. We've got, it, we've got it sorted, haven't we? The BBC have nothing on us. Exactly. <laughs> in fact, there's not many people have anything on us, to be fair. So, yeah. Anyway, we are, we are hmm. still without a guest. We have got them lined up, but what we thought we'd do, because last episode we looked at what would the question, what would you do if you knew you had only 10 years to live? And it sort of generated a heck of a conversation. Mm, we had a good one there. Yeah, it was oh, good yeah. about how, what yeah. you would stop doing. Because that's normally... It that is, was it. That, yeah. what, would, what would you stop doing? That was The it. normal question is what would you do more of? Now, this, I think this next bit of where we're going... Yeah. Try, chimes in quite well with the ending of what you what we said last episode. Yeah. And I want to sort of add this in the mix, right? So okay. when people say, right, uh, the old version of work, you know, you get up, you go to work, you drive your car, you get to work, you come back, right? So you need your job to pay for the house that you very rarely live in to pay for the car that only takes you to work. Yeah. Now, I quite like the simplicity of that in that that's how some people would you know believe it to be because that is more of the you know industrial revolution type type take where it's time product money yeah now that argument i think is no longer the case for a lot of people so we're seeing this and now in lockdown people are at home working so there's no need to leave the house and get in the car and go to work. You can work from home, like a lot of self, you know, self-employed professionals have done, you know, in the modern time. I think that that is starting to become the not not the norm, but it's starting to become a greater minority than just a tiny minority. Yeah. And within that, I, I think those people are already stopping those mm. unwanted things. They get the commute, the two-hour commute to wherever. Or, the, yeah. or the, even if it's the 45-minute commute to the wherever, that's 90 minutes a day that you're not getting back. Mm. Now, it's all well and good in trying to make that 90 minutes as enjoyable as possible. Podcasts, music, etc. But it's still a time in which that you are having to adapt that time. You can't change that time. You're adapting that time, your time. My personal opinion would be, is there a way to reduce that time? As we said before, you know, the time that you, you're wasting doing something that's not something we exactly want to do, that's not going to give us something, that dead zone, that dead time. How do we get out of that? Hmm. And that's, I think, a good opening of this. It's take from last episode into yeah. a good opening of this episode. Yeah, because we, we talk about what would you stop doing in 10 years, you know, if you knew you had 10 years to live. And I think it, it, it raised more questions 
for me than I answered, I guess. But <laughs> one of them is if we don't change, mm. or the it, what if for the reasons we don't change is one of them because we get something out of what we do. So what I mean is we desperately want to change. We want to do, we want to have a different life. We want to do this. We want to have that. We want to follow this goal, follow that passion. And yet many of us, and I do, I include myself in this for so many different aspects of my life. Many of us don't change enough things or anything in order to move towards that goal. We kind of hang on to behaviors or forget about the goal or conveniently slip back into other patterns and habits and routines and rituals. Yeah. And my yeah. question is tied on that. If you knew you had 10 years to live, what would you stop doing? Well, that's okay. It's probably easy enough to say, well, I would love to stop doing that. I'd love to start, stop doing this. But what actually takes us from I'd love to stop doing to actually stopping doing? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that yes, there's concerted effort. There's a concerted effort. There's a decision to make. There's somebody yes. maybe to hold you accountable, all that kind of stuff. But I also think there's the other side of the coin in that, well, what are we getting out of these things anyway? Because if we think about habits, it's kind of, and we're going to oversimplify habits, but there's the, it's made up of a trigger, a behavior, and a reward. Mm-hmm. Good and not so good habits. Yeah, and the majority yeah, yeah. of our life is habitual, isn't it? Everything we do, there's an element of habitual to it. We, yeah. Because if we were trying to be absolutely present to every single thing we did and focused on it, we couldn't do it. We'd be debilitated. So we have to leave a lot of what we our moment to by moment activity and yeah, whatever yeah, to yeah. the automatic, yeah. which is great because then it allows us to channel whatever presence we have mm-hmm. to something. Mm-hmm. But I think we offload a lot more to that automatic and also in offloading it, there's obviously some payoff and some payoff may be it just eases the cognitive load, you know, on our brain. I was about to say that. I think, it, yeah. yeah, I about to say but that. The yeah. other is, is there a reward in that, in that we're avoid, you know, I don't, for me, a classic for me is, well, if I, if I never actually really try, I can never say I've failed. You know, that's one of my kind of been one of my things in the past. So there was a benefit to it. I could have a dream and a goal, and I love goal setting and dreaming. There's something really, really wonderful about doing that, and I've done loads of it in time. Um, but actually then not stepping out and making any significant concerted effort towards it means it's I can always go back and dream again and revisit and rewrite me goals and do that. And as frustrating as it is to never get there, there's mm-hmm. also something that I've found for me as a as reward. When I've reflected on it, this is when I've reflected on it, that there was obviously something rewarding in having the dream and not being us, not actually having a failure in there. Because I've obviously got yeah. a, obviously had a bit of a thing about failure, you know. I didn't want to make a fool of myself, didn't want to be seen as a failure, all of those things, you know. Um, so it's a complicated thing, but I, I, that's what I was wondering was, you know, what are the payoffs? Are there payoffs to to not changing, which ties into that 10-year thing? Because if we're going to stop doing something, we actually have to stop doing it. <laughs> you know? I think you've, you've, there's loads to unpick there, Dave. I think there's quite a lot that we could actually go through. That I think some of that, to be honest, failure and the discussion around it yeah. could be a, an episode in itself. Oh, there you go. We'll push off because we have, and have another episode. Because <laughs> yeah, we have people. I, I, I really believe that if you've never failed, mm. then you can't have success at your absolute end goal because those failures teach us everything. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that as long as it's like, as long as it's truthful feedback, mm. they will teach you something. Yeah. You, and you're not telling me, I mean, the used to be, you know, Tiger Woods would do so many puts or so many drives when he was you know and he became the greatest golfer 
of his of his generation. You know, but they will have had failures along that. You know, same with Roger Federer, Thierry Henry. You know, we could we could take all these sportsmen, but also the the businessmen, you know, Richard Branson, uh, or uh, I think uh, Peter Jones of Dragons Den. I think his first business went bankrupt. But he learned from those. I think that that failure yeah. and learning about that is is different. But back to habits, right? So I've jumped in there, but I'm going to jump back out again. Habits. I do think there is something about reducing the cognitive load in which that we bring about habits and habitual things. Habitual. Things. We find it easy. We want to make sure that things are easy. Our brains want to try and make things easy for us. Which is uh, what bit, just to interject there. It's what we yeah. mean by cognitive load. It's the it's a basically oh, yes. how much effort your brain is making on a given thing. Say, so I know my iMac here is working hard when the fans go on really fast and it's doing lots of things. It's busy and it's hard working. When yeah. you know, it's kind of like our brain, everything's engaged when the cognitive load is high and we're really yes. really forcing it. Whereas, mm-hmm. really, in evolutionary terms, being lazy beings, we want to kind of off, lower that effort level as much as possible. Yes, yeah, it's all about um, path of least resistance. Yeah, and then if we find this, you know, reduction of, in this cognitive load, in which that we can have those, you know, somewhat menial tasks, which don't require a lot of input, like come downstairs. So wake up in the morning, uh, go, go go to the, the bathroom, come straight downstairs. You have your breakfast. Now you go bowl. If it's saying cereal, bowl cereal milk. Done. Easy doesn't require something new, but if you were to change that, so actually in the morning I'm going to have a different breakfast. I'm going to have um, egg egg Benedict, right? You've never done it before. You have to learn how to do it. That is an increased cognitive load. It might yeah. make you more stressed. It might take longer. It's all about your body and your mind, and us as human beings do want to find that path of least resistance. I'm totally, um, you know, broad stroking this research a neuroscience here but i'm giving it a, a, a trying to do the best in terms of just making it quite simple you know yeah. and it's about trying to find those easy paths easy wins as you say because you don't want it to be too difficult otherwise that we don't have we, we, we expend too much energy too much stress too much time on those things. and if we go back again what we just said we want to try and find a way in which that we can try and keep as much of the time for the good things the non-menial, the things that we want to have, we want to make the most of. And I think that there is some something in that when you find something that you really enjoy doing, that time goes very quick. Mm. But something you don't find enjoyable, time goes quite slowly. Now that could be part of being in the flow, you know, being, you know, um, being able to just completely engage and be absolutely immersed in whatever you're doing. Yeah. Again, that's more, we could talk about being in the moment, being present in the moment and, and understanding what it is at the time, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but when we look at that, it's about, as I say, those habits that we form are generally pathological resistance, generally something that's coming over time. And to change those is actually quite difficult. I think I read somewhere that if you do something now, I'm going to absolutely wreck this. I think it's something like something every day for six weeks, it becomes a habit. 
Yeah, like, something like that. It, it depends, doesn't it, on the the nature of the habit, the complexity and stuff. Because the, yeah. there's a myth about it being twenty one to twenty eight days, but like it's kind right. of be anything up to two hundred and seventy seven days or that. I, I, that's not an exact figure, but I know the research has a range, and the average is about that, isn't it? Six weeks. But then again, isn't it true that once you form the habit, like that habit, it's still very easy to lose if it's something like to slip back out of into the other habits, you know, the old habits. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, I mean, that's like the magic, the magic, the science yeah. of of the brain and, and of us and of how we can do things and, and how that you can have so many different people do so many different things with this, you know, you have Mozart in one hand and then Einstein in the other. And even though we're all basically, you know, humans and how radically different we can be in terms of what we do with ourselves and, uh, some of that could be nurture mind and, and, and going away from nature, but I think that nature-nurture argument, that dialectic is still there. Mm. Gone completely off course here, but as as normal, there's no... <laughs> but going, going back to that, I think when we talk about those things, again, when we want that time, we want to be able to say, right, I, I want to be able to fill my life with what I want to fill it with. It's... I think a it can be quite difficult for some people though because what is it they want and will and what if they do fail does that mean they weren't doing it right does that mean that what they were trying to do wasn't right in the first place and it can lead to this inertia and and, and apathy about well what is what is the right thing and then you get stuck in this apathy because is it is it just too difficult to change is it easier just to stay, stay as we are and you know is it and and some people you know, I hear David Goggins or, or or that type of, you know, individual say, well, don't be happy with, with mediocre. But some people, it's not about being mediocre. It's about, well, I am happy in this setup. Yeah. And it could be that if I change my setup, I am unhappy. Hmm. And the risk reward, you know, when, when uh, we aren't necessarily very good all the time at weighing up that that risk reward and sometimes we can uh, over egg the reward mm. or the over, over egg the potential reward for what the risk might be yeah well that comes back because you mentioned like um david goggins and and i mean he's he's a Navy, former navy seal isn't he and he's mm. he's a machine when you he's absolute see. machine yeah. i mean Jesus. It, it comes back to though this this thing about I think there's there's so many strands this this idea of what would you what would you stop doing if you knew you were going to die in ten years' time kind of relies on well, where do you want to go what do you want to do what what do you really want to make this next ten mm-hmm. years be mm-hmm. you know be about what experiences do you want to have what do you, would you like to achieve what would you like genuinely to have achieved by that point um, and I think that can be that can come from that can be shaped by a lot of things. So it can be shaped by something sort of deep inside me where I think, yeah, I just really wish I'd done that. But Mm -hmm. it's, it's chances are it'll be a bit of that, but also perhaps a little voice from me dad saying, well, you could have tried out of this, that and the other, or, you know, peer pressure, you know, everybody wants to win the X factor and they they all go on there and they say, no, it's my last chance. It's my last ditch chance. You know, all this kind of stuff. And you think, well, you're still breathing, living. You still you can do something after this if you don't. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. We kind of buy into this idea that we must and we have to and we should. And I think there's this thing of like, well, 
yes, I want to achieve a goal. So let's explore mm-hmm. the why and be certain, not that it's wrong, but let's explore that the why is my why, you know, and it's not somebody else's, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to live something to prove something to somebody or prove me yes, dad yeah. wrong or whatever it is. And also that it's, um, it's not sacrificing too much of the now. It's not kind of saying it'll be better when, when I do that, I'll be right. I'll be perfect. I'll be sorted because what about here and now, you know? So 10 years time, I want to say I will, I've achieved X goal. But I don't want to just get there 10 years and think, right, that's it done, right? I can, I can turn off the lights now and leave, you know? That's me gone. Mm-hmm. Because 10 years could go by in that it'll be better when mindset. And I only know, like, my experience of that is that's what I did a lot of my life, you know? It'd be better when yeah. I get that dinner, when we move house, when I get that job, yeah, I get yeah, that yeah. promotion. And I was very rarely present here and now. And that comes back to this idea of the habits and the, the cognitive load, I think, because... There were there were habits that I'd learned that helped me stay in that mindset. So I learned to live in a state of um, it'll be better when as a way of not facing my life right here, right now. I think that's a good point that you've made there, mind. I think an, an old rowing coach used to say to me, he said, if you when you're you're training, if you think about never be satisfied, because then you'll because you'll always want to improve and you'll always look to that improvement. So you know, it's it, and if you say, "Well, oh, I'm I'm okay at this point. I, I managed to do it in this, and that's 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 okay." Well, yeah, that, that's all well and good, but go go to the next one. Always look to adapt, evolve, improve. Adapt, evolve, improve. Then at least that you aren't being stagnant. You're not again. Apathy doesn't set in there. I'm all right as I am, or I don't fancy change. It's okay. Yeah, you know, and there's a lot. And let's be honest. If we look into the, if we look into you know society, Dave, there's there's a lot of people who engage in their own apathy, but then are potentially, uh, what's what I'm looking for, manipulated because of that. And they always say that, uh, you know, you've got money-saving expert, Martin Lewis. The reason that, you know, um, you know, the gas electric companies, they used to hope and, well, they used to use the profit from those individuals who are just same on the same bill and never changed that. Mm-hmm from what they want to discount just to happily go along and not look and not check. Oh, well, I could save myself 20 quid a month if I'd looked into it. You know what I mean? And that's the type of thing where if you are happy to, to be as you are, you can potentially miss those improvements or those savings or the things that could actually make your life that little bit easier. But it's about looking and exploring and finding those differences and there's a i think that's really crucial in looking at the now taking it right what is it that's now what can i do that's now and think right well if i do this and do that then everything's gonna be a little bit better and then again you review and you keep evolving adapting because the world will be world is forever changing this change occurs all the time every interaction that you have every place that you go there is change either because you yourself have entered that environment and you have forced change onto that environment or that you have become changed because of it. Mm. Example being you have, you know, two identical twins. They will not, they may be genetically the same, but when they grow up, they will have different ideas, different thoughts. They may even look ever so slightly different than, you know, how thought there is change going all the time. And as, as, as people, as humans, as we must also accept that change, but also change with it. And I think there, therein lies the problem with apathy 
and not uh, and being overly satisfied with things actually if we just push the envelope ever so slightly i think we mentioned this actually was it in episode zero about comfort zone being out try and just get out of that comfort zone that growth zone as they say as i think it was there i think you're right this this i think this is the dilemma or not dilemma this is the is this not the beauty of what it means to be human and that that improve um and adapt evolve mm-hmm. and adapt I was kind of thinking across it, you know, because we both do it. I'm on a yeah, yeah. much lower level. But like one of the things there is that I was, when I first started, very much in the mode of I need to oh, I need to get better. I need to be able to do this. I need to be able to do that. And I was doing my head in because I was feeling, I was focusing more on what I needed to do and improve rather than just learning to enjoy yes. the exercises and, yes. the, and the technicality. And what I found is, as I've kept it up for over a year now and I'm I'm moving into it, I am still, I still have goals. I still have this thing of, I want to achieve that. I want to be able to do this pull-up or this chest mm-hmm. bar or this, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, muscle I do have my goals, yeah? Mm. But I've learned to be to be more in the moment and enjoy the process and the technical, you know, when you, when you do a, a snatch lift or something like that. And it may not be right, and there's always room for improvement, but you en- like to enjoy it. And I think this is the thing. It's, it's not, it's being present and content in the moment but also accepting that if you you are working away and putting a bit of effort in mm-hmm, you're going to mm-hmm. be heading towards improvement and to, to do that you need to have an idea of where you want to go i don't know if i made much sense there but the idea is no i know what you're saying i know what you mean you can go from one extreme to the other you can sit and think right i'm fine i'm fine and to be fair you know if you are and you know i remember hearing ricky gervais on an interview i can't remember who it was with but he was talking about you know um I, I just want to sit on a night and have a bottle of wine with my wife and just enjoy that. And that to me is like, you know, I'm not bothered about exercise or whatever, you know, I, I'm oversimplifying his, what he was saying, but mm. in a sense, he he was kind of saying that's that to me is happiness. You know, I don't believe in the afterlife. I don't want to do this. I'm not, you know, he's obviously, but he's obviously got his craft and his art in the comedy. So yeah. to me, the, the, you know, he, he has an area that he's saying, this is just, this is just where I want to spend the moment. But he also has that other side of he, he wants to craft and create and put something in, you know, that, that expression mm-hmm. of his comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think where we can maybe get in trouble is where we're all or, all one or the other. You don't yeah, necessarily yeah. have anything to work, to engage, to stimulate, to challenge, to develop yourself, push yourself towards see improvement and that kind of thing. Um, and you're just happy in the moment, although I'd question how happy you are because I think as human beings we need challenge and adversity and something to work towards. Mm-hmm. But if you're constantly so driven and you hear that with some of these you know these star athletes or business business people who kind of reach the pinnacle of their career and they've lost everything else, they've put mm-hmm. everything into the game and actually they find it hard to break the habit of that and be content in the moment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So you how do you find that balance? And I think we're that, all... Yeah. We're all on that journey. So, I mean, me, I'm, I'm very much, it'll be better when I, I'm future focused, but I always have to keep, my practice is bringing myself back to here and now and say, just enjoy this, enjoy it. You'll, you'll get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy this, be happy now, be present. And that takes practice and effort. For somebody it else, does. it might be the exact opposite. Yeah, I mean, I always say, that, I've said this a few times in, when doing some work with people about mindfulness. If, if to be mindful... Uh, to be mindful of something, you, it does take some amount of practice. That focus does does. It's not just something you can just do 
oh, it's a load of breathing. No, it's actually much more complicated than it's, it's, it's a skill. Like any skill, you have to practice it. You have to be able to, you know, an old cricket coach might say perfect practice makes perfect. Not practice makes perfect, but perfect practice makes perfect. You have to have, you know, have to really have intentional practice. And that, 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 that's moving over into the 10,000 hour discussion that we've had before as well. But it's about thinking, you know, I'm going to live in this moment. I'm going to enjoy this moment. So, you know, and there's nothing better when you go and you take your CrossFit example. There's nothing better when you go and lift something. It's a serious piece of weight, but you're doing it with perfect technique and you've managed it. And it just feels, feels right. Do you know what I mean? You've done it. Mm. Actually, that, that is accomplishment. Technique down, lifted it, bang. It's, and it's, I, I assume it's something similar to um, going back to golf, you know, making the perfect drive, that sweet connection, hit the sweet spot, Balls going straight line, exactly. When. Anything like that where you've got something just right, and that moment where you've got that just right, nothing, nothing uh, comes near it for me. When you've just done something just perfect as it was, that enjoying that part instead of thinking, well, okay, that's great, but what about next time? Yeah. Well, no, enjoy what you've just the accomplishment that you've got now. Mm. Uh, and it's about you know, say said last last session was about last episode was about getting rid of the dead space and fill it with these moments well actually if we actually if we just fill ourselves more of these moments so if we're more mindful and if we're more appreciative of the moment in fact if we are more grateful of those things if you were to sit on a morning and just write out five things you're grateful for your well-being would improve for that day, just as it is. And it's about if we can get rid of the times in which that we are overly autopiloted or overly doing the things that we don't find enjoyable. Now, I'm not saying that we cut everything out because you'd, I'm very much a believer of that um, if things were easy, you wouldn't know how good the good things were. Mm. There has to have there has to be some stress, some friction, some pushback for you to able to understand or able to appreciate the really good things in life. You know, that that old saying, um, nothing good comes easy. I think there's a I do really think there's a truth in that. Because we go back to that accomplishment I was talking about there. When you have really worked hard on something, or you've put some concerted effort into it and it pays off. It feels great. Mm. I think that, you know, Vince Lombardi used to say this, the old American football coach. He would talk about this and winning and, and how important it was to apply yourself in the game and, and how that after that, when you've accomplished something, it, how good it is. I think I actually really believe that. I think that it's not, it just doesn't have the same reward or the same feeling if those things have come easy or too easy or too much, I think, you know, there's, I think you're right. I think, um, it's like, you know, there's a saying, you, you never regret a workout. And I think you're right. You can, be, you know, but when you've done it, you, you've got that high and that buzz and that feeling like, yeah, satisfaction of, I, I did that and I didn't want to, but I'd still overcome it. And I think this goes yes. back to the idea of the habits thing. And what's the payoff is that the payoffs, for some of these habits that stop us moving towards a goal, you know, that 10 year thing, the payoffs aren't necessarily something you've consciously chosen. You've said, well, 
I'd just rather be like that. I'd just rather. It's somehow mm. we've kind of gone off the, the pre- we're into automatic pilot because we're coping with a lot. We've got a life's full on. There's so many distractions, demands, the kids, blah, blah, blah. There's lots going on. Mm-hmm. But it's very easy to, to shift a lot onto that autopilot. Yes. You know? um, and it's, and we, we maybe, if we have a moment of clarity or a moment of quietness, we know we're doing it. But life's too full on and we start to rationalize and just, I'll get around to it and be fine. Life's just too mad. And then I just, you know, I'm getting too over this, whatever it is, we kind of rationalize it. But it's not until we stop um, and, and give ourselves that. And that's where that 10-year question or even a five-year question or something, I think, can, can give you that opportunity to say, hang on a minute. 10 years will be a year before I know it. If I carry on the way I'm going, am I going to be happy with that? You know, yes, there's loads in my life I'm happy about. But actually, there's a few scratches not scratched, itches not scratched yet. Yes. So they're not just going to happen randomly because I've, I've lived 50 years and they would have happened by now, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? The chances are they would have happened. So there are things I want to do, which means things will have to change. That means I have to get off my autopilot for a few minutes at least and think about, well, what is the thing I want? Why do I want it? And then what needs to change? Well, there's a few habits that are automatic pilot. Which one? And let's just take one for now, you know, because I'm, I'm a big believer that, you know, you're better off in a busy, mad life um, to just take one small habit and change in that as cons- for a while. Oh, and then yeah, do another. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm all or nothing. I would, I, the, the, there's many times I've said, right, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to get fit, and I've gone out and I've run five miles, come back with shin splints, and that's me done for a year, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but it's yeah. the kind of thing, right, right, okay, let's do the couch to 5K, for example. That's a perfect example of that, right? Just go out, walk for a few minutes, run for 30 seconds, walk, whatever, and it builds you up. And then you look at the significant shifts, and mm-hmm. so many people I've talked to who have done that, and are now on a trajectory of they're in a running club, they're in a this, they're doing that, from that one small change. And I think this is the thing about it. It's kind of, we think, oh, Tim, I want to do this, but there's so much to do. I've got to achieve this. I've got to do that. And actually, if we mm. just put back to now, mm-hmm. stop, what is it you want to do? You can achieve far more in 10 years than you think you can. What habit needs to stop? What one thing needs to go? What one thing do you need to stop doing? So that's that question. What would you stop doing? Let's take it back a bit. What one thing would you stop doing and can you and will you do, stop doing? And what would you replace it with? Because there's still, I think habits, I don't know, I think habits are better replaced than broken. You know, if you look at some of the, the, the Charles Duhigg's The Power of Habit, I think that's his book, that's what it's called. Um, he, I'm sure he talks about that. I've read a few different books on habit. But he talks about that, that it's better to, it's, it's easier to change a habit Mm-hmm. Than to break it, change or replace it. Than to break it. I think that's. I think that's a yeah. I think yeah. I think I really. I think that would be a really good way of putting it. Actually, I think yes, I could see that. I really can see if, I, if I'm sort of working it over my mind. You want to be because it's there's there will be the space in which at the time in which that, that habit was there. And if you can put it in 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 replace with something else that is more positive for you, that's going to, mm. I don't know, help you sleep more or yeah. be more productive, you know, I think that's where that's that's the key there, isn't it? To that question, is to get is to stop doing those time consumers mm. or those those consumer moments in which. 
you can then replace it with a more productive or the you know a time productive moment or a well-being productive something that is actually less of a negative equity in your life and more positive equity in your life here's the thing then because it's got me thinking about that like if i guess that was the question what would you do what would you stop doing if you only had if you knew you had 10 years okay so what are the things we're doing now that there's that that we are doing because there is a payoff and a payoff is often just to lighten the load on our heads it's habit um you know having that drink on a night or you know like you know scrolling through facebook but they're all these payoffs in that they're distracting they're absorbing they're whatever but actually Mm -hmm. to change it we just pick one um pick one thing and look at the trigger the reward the trigger behavior reward so what's the trigger well the trigger is i I get in the bed i pick my phone up the behavior is i then scroll through it and the reward is it's distraction it's it's mind numbing so you've got three areas of attack there haven't you you've got the trigger the behavior and the reward i don't know about the Mm -hmm. reward but like the trigger and the behavior if you can somehow change the trigger so you probably going to bed is not the the right one because um you go to bed anyway but i remember this when i used to come in from work after a six or two shift in the police yeah yeah things i used to come in slop down onto the the couch and i'd fall asleep so in order to change that I had to change the the trigger, which was the going in through the door and sitting down on the couch. I had to change it, not go and sit on the couch, uh-huh. because the behaviour followed the trigger. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Alternatively, you could have the trigger like go to bed, but you change the behaviour in a way, but still try to, It still gives you the similar reward. So instead of scrolling through your phone, you pick up a book. So your same reward is you're being absorbed and distracted, but you've changed the behaviour. And actually, because you've changed the behavior, you've taken away the glare, the, the melatonin suppression of looking at a bright screen and the stimulation that help, and therefore helps you to sleep. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So in terms of it, there's, you've got a few little angles to go at. But in, in order to keep them, I'm just talking as I'm thinking as I'm talking here, but no, the, I, keep the cognitive I, load down, you want, to keep the, you want to keep the change to one change at any given time and stick with it until the cognitive load of that change is reduced. <laughs> yeah, because you're, uh, I'd, my example at first, my very first example of a way in which that uh, I could improve the time used, let's say, and require less of my own input. But your example is definitely more, yours is definitely deeper than mine. Because, like, for, for instance, my example would be, right, okay, so I, I wake up in the morning, coffee, that's what I have, right? Yeah. But I like to grab my own beans. And I like to have it filtered, right? right? So what would be the best way would me if I if it was if this is even possible, even if it is, to get a bean to cup coffee machine, which I can preset. So that before I go to bed, I say, right, 6:30, they will pour, or it, it'll it'll brew, and I can pour it myself. So that would stop me coming down at 6:30 to have to do it myself. It would be done for me. So then I would have my, that, that might be 20 minutes, right? But 20 minutes every day, that's at seven times 20, 140 minutes a week. It's two hours a week I'm saving. Right. But here's the thing. What is the problem with that routine other than the time? And is there value in it that you're not giving it credit for? Cause I, and I don't know, but like, because I know a lot of people who do that. And they treat it almost as a meditational ritual of a waking up ritual. 
Because I think we are ritualistic creatures, aren't we? And we're oh, kind of, yes, we absolutely, like absolutely. Things. So does that help you bookend your day? And if so, as in, you know, this is me start of the day and I'll have a close closing ceremony at the end of my day. So your opening ceremony is that grinding the coffee and it's comforting, it's the smell, you go through the process. It could be wasted time if you have that perspective or, because there's a difference between downtime and dead time. A friend of mine, Simon Rabel, talks about this. Downtime is where you kind of, you're not doing anything particularly, mm. but you're enjoying the moment. Dead time is actual dead space, which is like, you know, you, you, you're waiting for the doctors and there's no to read apart from Woman's Own or Woman's Weekly in the, in the doctor's thing that's 10 years old, you know. You've got, you've got that dead time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and the key mm-hmm. is to turn the dead time into downtime. So you can't, or something more, either downtime or... I like that, though, dead time into downtime. I think that's really good. I like that, Dave. Well, I think I'm that's take credit for that one. I'm afraid. Well, you may. I'll, I'll, I'll give him a. I'll give him the. Logic. Give him a, a copyright or whatever. Yeah. But I think that's really good. That. So, so my. Really, I like you, that. My question to you about the coffee is: Do you do you consider that dead time or downtime? I As think. A, I think. Uh, see, this is where it's going to be difficult for me because it's something that um, I would. I like. I would like the fact that. Because it, it would brew as I'm, I'd still get the smell, which I love the smell. I love the smell. Yeah. I'd get that because I'm coming down the stairs and I could right. smell it and I could hear brewing and it would be ready for me. I quite like, and I quite like that sort of feeling of coming downstairs. What if it was already, right. you know, coffee, smell, everything's, because um, for me, uh, olfactory and smell things, I really, I love that. Uh, mm. I love those types of things. I'm really sort of moved by by smells and things like that you know baked bread who doesn't love like freshly baked bread oh, yeah. you know what I mean okay. you know or I like I love the smell of vanilla as well I don't, don't know why that is but I just do but you, I like that and it, it's not that it's dead time but it's it's not necessarily downtime for me as well but right, okay. it would be it, it would be that I'd enjoy the thought of coming down to freshly brewed hot coffee that I've preset you know the night before that's not that's not from uh, stale ground coffee because the beans are still there they're still in the machine yeah. and, and that type of stuff but it's interesting that I do quite like that uh, balance of dead to down because that's important I do absolutely agree with you Dip. I mean oh you've uh, well here's my question yeah, while, go on. While, while you're thinking that then yeah, yeah go on in this, in the context, because the idea is to put it in the the container or the vehicle of the ten year vision. Let's yeah, yeah, yeah. That, What would you do with ten years? If you are telling me, which sounds like, um, I would, uh, you know, I could save a bit of time here, and actually, what the 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 eighty percent, the eighty percent of the benefit will be coming downstairs and having that smell in it ready. So I could yeah. save myself some time, and I still get the benefit from it. Yes. How? What? What time would be freed up, and what could you do in that? 20 minutes if that's what it is that would be rather than just wasted as in you just yeah, yeah. Do, that would move you towards that 10 year vision or goal you see that's good because it, it's it, per day of 20 minutes let's say per day it's not that I'm going to save that time either because it it could be that 20 minutes might be put into something else that's not necessarily dead nor down yeah it, you know I, I see what you mean there because it it's not like i'm going to spend 20 minutes reading highbrow literature for instance or um pick up a research article from 
the British Medical Journal or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's it's enough. Actually, it would be enough to say do stretching or to do something physical. You know, do like a Tim Ferriss sort of thing that he talks about. But but I'm all for that making it streamlined. So I I do think I think that's where the attraction comes from me there actually. So, knowing that it's ready here come down i can pick up the co- pick up the the crap put straight put the coffee straight in add milk boom done yeah that's that's me that's me done there in 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 terms of that at least you know yeah so the danger because i think saving time you know i i, I do spend a lot of, you know I, I've, I've put a lot of thought in this myself because the last few years i've been working a three-day week you know i've got me little daughter she's now at school but out of three-day week for me business you know and um i set myself the little goal of saying i want to make my business work and grow it in three-day mm-hmm. week and i would have the other two days to what to spend time with rosie now when she started to go to school i had those two days start to free up so what can really happen if you're not careful is that that other things then bleed into those days. You just do a bit more work. You do that's when you're not conscious, but you, you would think, oh, I've got that time. I can take a bit longer here. I'll do that. I'll just do that tomorrow. That is like unconsciously letting that time be sucked up by the not the stuff that doesn't necessarily move you towards a goal. It may no, or may not, but yeah. the chances of it are left to random happenstance. Whereas what I did, what I decided to do was I am going to have those days. What am I mm-hmm. going to do with them? Right, well, I'll start, start me masters. So then I gave that, you know, because your 20 minutes that you free up, you might think, oh, yeah, I saved myself 20 minutes. But in the context of it, life is so full on that you could you could just think, I'll tell you what, I'll go and check a few emails, I'll grab a couple, I'll do a couple yeah, of those yeah, things. Yeah. And suddenly your day is longer, where you had 20, 10 to 15 to 20 minutes, which could have been feasibly protected somehow to move you towards your 10-year thing. Yeah. This, is what, this is where I guess that that idea of well what is your plan and how do you keep how do we keep coming back to am i on track here am i using my time effectively um or is it just bleeding in other things just bleeding into it you know um Mm -hmm. and i I must admit i finished my masters and my time has started to slip back into four day weeks and that kind of thing yeah 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 over christmas because we're recording this just a couple of weeks a week and a half before um I am consciously looking at how do I how do I claim that back and stake out my territory again, but isn't that how what happens to people in life in all of us? You know, life starts to happen and we give a little, we do a little, we live. It becomes this, it becomes that, demanding this, whatever. People expect that. I'll give that. I'll just do a bit of that, and then suddenly you've got a life that's not your own, or it was never of your conscious making. And that's yeah. where that ten year question plus what are the payoffs of the habits that you're that you've got embedded. What's the payoff become really important because the payoffs of those habits that you haven't consciously chosen are distracting and preventing you from taking time to say, actually, I want to be here in 10 years time. I want to have done this. I want to have experienced that. I want to achieve that. I'm going to have to make a conscious effort to change at least one thing and protect some time, change a habit, shift this, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm not saying I'm perfect by any stretch. Perfect. That it. Um, well, I'm nowhere near perfect at it, but it's, it's something I'm constantly grappling with, the challenge, the demands of life that pile into you, and how do you fend them off and protect your territory, the, yeah, the no, territory I, that's yeah. given over to the goal. I'm, I'm thinking that now. I'm thinking because when you were talking about that, I'm, I think right, but the, right, let's go back to that 20 minutes thing. So if I'm saving 20 minutes, if 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 there's a way to accumulate that, so pass it on. So let's say I get the extra 20 minutes, so in that 20 minutes I use it to have. Uh, 
ex- do some exercise so I'm bettering myself physically so that actually in the day I'm able to move freer, I'm able to move more dynamically, I'm able to feel better and I'm passing that 20 minutes on, I'm paying it forward to myself. Yes. And that's what I'm thinking of now in terms of I do the 20 minutes, but I replace it with something more positive. I don't let it leach out, but I actually pay it forward to myself. I profit myself through yeah. the rest of the day. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. One of the things that I've found uh, really, just as a little like idea for me, is that um, we're kind of assuming you are going to get this coffee machine in free 20 minutes, or by the way. But, um, <laughs> I know, yeah. I'll just, just drop a grand. Yeah, that's right. I, just, is, why uh, don't you just hire a personal barista and just, yeah, <laughs> just get that If Beckel, DeLonghi, or uh, <laughs> yeah. Sage are listening, <laughs> yeah. I would love one of your bean-to-coffee you machines. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, one of know. the things I do on a morning is um, I just have 10 to 20 minutes of journaling. and uh, I've heard about this, actually. Some people might roll their eyes and think, oh, what's that all about? But actually what that does is ground, it bookends, uh, bookends my day in the sense that I think, right, today is going to be what it is. What's on my head? Get it out on the paper. And mm-hmm. what, what three things do I really, come hell or high water, want or need to achieve that will move me forward? Because life's going to take over in a day, being realistic. There's all sorts happen. But if I get them three things done, I've nudged myself towards my 10-year plan. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? And I think that's, that's a problem I have as well today because I... I think I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and I think I've got it, and then just just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in, and I'm back into that negative habit, yeah. you yeah. know? Yeah. So, like, it's, uh, you think, what can I, how do you do it? But I, I, I think if I was to say, let's, let's, keep, let's keep this running about this, the, the habits in one hand and then the dead time and downtime on the other hand, I think it's about tiny incremental change consistently we've said that before we, we need we, if we could get an expert on on here to talk about that that i'm sure they would agree with us because that, that i really feel strongly about this i think it's small incremental change in, in a consistent manner over many months if not years one other word in there consciously because the the ten thousand yes. hours thing has been over you know you just do ten thousand you've got to be present and consciously practicing and develop but same with habits it's kind of like conscious Ooh, about yeah. but not just conscious about when you're doing your habit like when sorry mm-hmm. when you're doing the practice it's also about being conscious about what have i actually done today reviewing your day planning your day in small ways and and you know life is full on and we have the we have so many reasons to say i haven't got time to and mm-hmm. i do it, i do it myself you know if i get a hit yeah, yeah, yeah. for a week where i'm journaling that's a good week you know for i beat the i'm to beat beat the week four days or more journaling, I've beat the week. And if I do that, then I know that I'm a little bit more in tune with where I want to go. And if I mm-hmm. let it drop for longer than that, five days, six days, so I feel a bit more cut adrift. Yeah. Now that's all, the only reason I feel cut adrift is because I know what it's like to be to anchored into me where I'm trying to go. But if we kind of amplify that out for years, there are mm-hmm. probably many of us get lost in this idea of like, well, this is just life. Do you know what I mean? And we don't realize yeah. we're drifting. Mm-hmm. So if you just take 10 minutes out of the morning, think, well, what am I going to do? And I'm not going to have the answer if it's the first 10 minutes I've done ever in my life of thinking mm. about what I want in life. It'll take a few 10 minutes over a few months, potentially. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or longer conversations with somebody like we're having. Or a yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, you know? I th- but I think there, there we are again. I think 
I'm, I'm the more I think about it now, the more it sort of rings true with myself that you get those, you get that, let's just call it the time, that, that, that dead time that we've got and that you use it in some other way than it being dead mm. and you pass it on to yourself and then you can accumulate that. Like I, I really think that actually, and, and I'm sure the science will back me up with this. In fact, no, I know the science will back me up on this, that you are in essence profiting yourself, paying yourself forward Every hour of exercise that you do, mm. you are profiting yourself forward in the, in your future, your future self. Like, for instance, if you were to just by correctly doing X number of squats, deadlifts, and um, push press, shoulder press things, right? Those functional movements without necessarily being a heavy weight, but just doing it technically well. You you are profiting yourself, not just this year, not just next year, but the next decade and decade after that and decade after that. Consistent, you say conscious, consistent, and uh, incremental change. Yeah. Now, the incremental change is just you building that muscle by 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 lifting pr- uh, properly, correctly, with good form over time. You will build yourself forward, and that's you making your own profit on yourself. Do you know, you, when you say that, I think... It- Another friend of mine um, talks about um, paying into your physical pension. There you go. There you go. But and and I think it's not just paying into your physical pension to withdraw it later, which I think Mm -hmm. you do. Exercise is one of those things, or activity. No. Yes. Yeah. 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 Whatever whatever you call it. But activity, movement, is you're paying it into a future pot that you'll get back, hopefully, mm-hmm. on the other end and quality of life, because it's not just longevity, it's quality. Yeah. But you're also getting an immediate payout almost. You know, you do it for any yes, yeah, yeah, After yeah. a couple of days, you get over the DOMS, laid on, set muscle soreness, you get past that. You're actually getting an interim dividend as well, <laughs> a yeah. daily dividend from it. which it's Short, medium, long term. So it's like a, it's, it's even better than money in that sense, isn't it? Because if you talk about money, you just put it away in a bank. You might get a couple, well, I suppose you do get an annual interest payoff, but if you keep it in, it's a pension pot or whatever. You yeah. Know. Whereas physical exercise is the one thing that, well, phys- activity and things like, I would say, mindfulness practice, you know, being present and those kinds of practices that tune you back into you as a physical, emotional, and psychological creature. They mm-hmm. are the physical, psychological, emotional pension, as well as giving you a dividend. Yeah. On a daily basis. That should be, we should look into that. I think that would be quite a good conversation to get someone who, on yeah. On, yeah, on yeah. The, about that I think that's re, that's to me that just makes so much sense of how that you want to pay into your physical pension yeah uh, your physical future pension that's that's the you know your future you is it requires you to pay into that pension yeah I, I really quite like the idea of that it's not like washing the car. It's not like an hour you'll never get back of your life, is it? No, that's what I'm saying. You're profiting from the you, future. You exercise. You technically could be getting it back. Of the, you know, yeah. you could get the half an hour back in your life type of yes. thing. You think about yeah. it. But you're also getting the benefit now. So it's kind of a win-win-win. Absolutely. I'm, I'm certain that the future me will be thankful that, uh, that if, if I go and carry on doing this consistent exercise well... Yeah. Prop, not you know trying to lift ridiculous weights or try and do yeah, not, ridiculous yeah. distances that I'm not capable of. But if I do those things that still challenge me repeatedly, consistently, 
move my and and I'm able to explore the human body enabled how to move correctly you know and do these different things that the future me will be grateful of that and I think that actually that that could be it that could be what I would do less of I would do less inactivity right and I would be more mentally and physically active nice one I like that and that's that's where I guess it's probably a good way to end this episode because it ties in well if I was if I if I knew I had 10 years to live mm-hmm. um, well firstly I would challenge that by investing in my physical pension and just say that and nudge that forward a bit you know? yeah yeah yeah, yeah but yeah. also I want the quality of those 10 years to be better and the, the the way to have that quality is to move more activity stretch all of that so that I'm physically capable of enjoying the moments be present more you know mindful practice or journal or whatever so you're more, more present and you appreciate what you have mm-hmm. um and then recognizing the stuff that's just cruft and fluff that is is either taken away or giving me nothing. And those are the things that would add, that would be the dead time, you know, the yeah. stuff you'll have to do, like jobs and making yeah, 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 yeah. But like the stuff that's fluff and dead time and dead stuff around it, I think is is there's fodder there. There's plenty of fodder to go for. And I guess the question for the that one listener who's still with us is um <laughs> What is what is that cruft? What's the fluff? What's the dead space or dead time? Mm-hmm. Um, and no matter how busy you think you are, allow yourself to at least explore the possibility there will be a fair bit of that as well. Scrolling yes. through pointless pointless minutes, hours of internet, FaceTime. Stop, yeah, stop yeah. wasting. That, that's the problem. Yeah. Stop wasting positive time. Yeah. Yeah, because it's got potential. All, all that time's got potential, hasn't it? Yes. And um, recognizing that a lot of that potential is being given over to autopilot and mm-hmm. effectively spent without you even being present or knowing about it. So the challenge here is, if you were to work on that business, you know, I'm not. Let's say, let's God willing, we're not going to die in ten years' time. Hopefully, well, fingers crossed, yes. we're going to live a lot longer. But even so, in ten years' time, I'd like to be looking back, thinking, "Well, I did this. I've achieved that. I'm so thankful I went that. I'm glad I stopped doing this. Thank God I stopped doing that. Look at what it did for me." Exactly. What exactly. would that one thing be? What would the thing that you would free up to do something more positive to invest in your mm-hmm, physical, emotional, mm-hmm. psychological pension? That's it, man. Exactly. Wow, we'll put the world right there, mate. Uh, there we go. I think. I think uh, so. Hey. You know. <laughs> and that's only episode three what the heck I know we're running, we're running out of, of problems to solve Dave I know, I know. God, we'll have to move on to the biggest stuff as well yeah. <laughs> so anyway so I hope you've enjoyed that episode um, we are as we say we are promising some guests we've got one or two it's about availability I think for one or two of them yeah. we, have do, we have got some others lined up but the other side I think we wanted to just ground it in these conversations so that mm-hmm. we can kind of get a for us to get a feel for it as much as anything but to yeah start yeah pulling out themes that we can then bring home with the guests that we have so mm-hmm. brilliant mm-hmm. i hope you've enjoyed it and uh, we'll look forward to speaking to you on episode four yeah see you guys later enjoy mm-hmm.